On Friday the 15th of March, 50 people lost their lives and several people were wounded in a twin mosque massacre in Christchurch, New Zealand. We just want to take a moment to give our condolences to the families and Islamic community that have been affected by this tragedy. If this is a hard topic for you, remember that you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. My name's Amy. And I'm Gabby. And this is Overworked. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the Christchurch massacre uh, and the aftermath of what happened over this weekend. Uh, And we're also going to be talking about the influence of media on tragedies around the world. And then we're also going to touch on social media on a more lighthearted base. I think that sounds perfect. Perfect. Let's get into it. So the topic for today is the impact that social media and media in general has played into the aftermath of the mosque shooting over in Christchurch. What are your thoughts on that and how do you think media plays a part in shaping those beliefs and the attitudes that people have? Um, I think there's several uh, different aspects of social media and media in general in the aftermath of what happened Um, because over the last couple of days we've seen a lot of people showing their respect on social media which after every like every tragedy or anything that happens around the world people are always like hashtag pray for Christchurch and things like that and people are always so quick to jump onto social media and show their respects that way but it always it doesn't always kind of come across as genuine as it should um, because it often turns into more of a trend than actually thinking about the words that they're putting out. So you, on the weekend, you actually visited a mosque? Yeah, so there was a big memorial service at the Australian Islamic School um, and it was amazing to see all these people that had posted on social media and stuff and then actually turned up to this big memorial service. We couldn't even get in because there were so many people, there was thousands and thousands of people, and they were just people from every single religion and culture and background and age as well. We had everyone from little kids to, like, much older people, and everyone was there for the same purpose, and everyone was there to, like, stand together. So it was really nice to see people posting on social media about standing with the Islamic community and then seeing them actually playing that out in real life. So that was nice. So... The shooter obviously live streamed the situation and I found that content on the news and I felt physically sick because why would you use that on national TV? From a media perspective, I feel like it adds the drama as well. Not even adds the drama. It adds to the fear that comes with a massacre and a shooting Um And always on the news, fear is the thing that draws people to watch the news. That's why there is so many bad things that happen on the news because 
networks draw people in by fear. This could happen tomorrow. This could happen in your community. And kind of exemplifying things that only happen in small, irregular cases, but then making it a really big deal. So I feel like that playing that part of the live stream definitely influenced that. Yeah. I am not a fan of the news in general. Like, I don't watch it. My brother and I, one time, we just counted the number of negative news stories. It was just pretty much five in a row. And yeah. it was like, oh, and then this little kid did a cute thing. It's like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, that doesn't really balance oh, no. that negativity and fear mongering around, like, stepping outside of the home. Like, I love me at home. But <laughs> when you instill that type of attitude in people, of course they're going to be so wary and and that I think using something like that to further that agenda of scaring people is not right in any way. No, but it's what keeps people watching the news. So if people are scared one night or they kind of it's obviously not well, it might be done purposefully, but like people probably don't know. It's very subconscious, but then people watch the news the next day to find out what they should be scared about the next day. It's definitely a snowball kind of effect and then like what's because you study journalism what's the line between selling news stories versus actual truth (laughs) like obviously I think I'm assuming that in journalism they teach you that the truth is what should be shared but obviously to make money well yeah that's it and that's there is that fine line and the media has always been put in place to be a watchdog type of thing. So always reporting on the truth, no matter whether it's good or bad kind of thing. And that's originally like when we read newspapers and back when we listened to radio and all that jazz, that was originally what it was there for, to kind of present the facts. But as soon as you kind of bring in this competition between channels and between networks and things, they obviously need to find ways to kind of one up. And there's always there's always going to be bias. That's a reality. When you're put in a category where you, where people, where the news and the media portray a culture people should be afraid of, like that's that's really terrible and that's really disappointing that people play into that narrative. Yeah. Do you know any Muslims personally? No. I know Anza. And Anza's an alright person. <laughs> He's pretty good. Um. I didn't know any Muslim people before I started dating Enza. And, like, I was honestly hesitant before I started dating him because, like, the whole Muslim community has been painted in this terribly scary light. Um, But in reality, they are the most peaceful people that you will ever meet. Yeah, I was listening to that Walid Ali Oh, how good was it? Oh, he was he's so brilliant. Yes. But when he was talking about the fact that those people went in there at their time of peace mm. and they would have been harmonious and it would have been silent, like that breaks my heart that that was the time when they were their most vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the saddest things. And also, did you hear that um, as the gunman was walking into the mosque, there was someone at the door saying, welcome, brother. And he was the first one to be shot. Oh, my God. And that broke my heart. But the thing is, when we went to the memorial service on Sunday and then I went to a mosque later on, both times we were still greeted with that same welcome. 
like despite what had happened, despite who we were, despite everything, we were still welcomed with that same genuine peace. And that's just who they are. And I think it's disappointing that nobody sees that because they're, they've got this perception based around media that they are dangerous and they're not. They're just like you and I. I was thinking about racial biases, actually, and the differences. So Asians get the, oh, they're submissive, oh, they can't drive, oh, they eat rice all the time, which is not a bad thing, guys. Indians have other stereotypes, but none of them are as bad as Islamic communities. Like, ha, 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 Asians, ha, ha, Indians, but you should be afraid of Muslims? Like, that's... That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people came out over the weekend were like, do you not remember 9-11? What? Yeah. A lot of people said that. And I'm like, yeah, but extremists. Do you remember World War One and Two? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that? It's kind of like, you know, when you're in like, grade four and you're having that fight with that girl and she's like yeah well you remember when you did this and you like kissed this boy and he was actually my boyfriend like I felt like that kind of situation (laughs) dude come on like what is what is that kind of justification like we all paid just as many respects to the people that lost their lives in 9-11 as we did over the weekend like no one likes it when people lose their lives it's not a competition to see who did it and how many people passed away it's like like one incident doesn't condemn a whole community no and i think that's something really important to remember as well like people do pin whole communities particularly the islamic community on like single things that extremists do yeah like you could say the same for nazis 100 percent. but people still like going to germany yeah they're like oh i love beer and pretzels like <laughs> wow i can't believe you're supporting them Did you know that Facebook had to bring down like 1.5 million versions of the video over the weekend? That's really good. They did. Yeah, they've been using like technology and stuff. And they've also been having their whole team on standby trying to take down all the videos that have gone up because people have shared it so many times. That's really good. But yeah, so 1.5 million. But that's insane. That is so many times that people have shared a video. That's disgusting. It really is. Oh, my God. What else is, I don't find disgusting because I think it's quite funny, but egging Fraser Anning, I thought was pretty funny, but I think you have a different perspective <laughs> Man, to me. that went viral, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm obsessed with the all the videos where they have like background music and it's just like the egg hitting his head and it's just like the smash look oh Oh, man i love those it's so good they definitely did well didn't they (laughs) (laughs) yeah look just to bring it back down to being negative again um the way i view it is the entire nation the entire world have just gotten mad at this australian for going in and massacring 50 Muslims um and then we're condoning more violence towards our politicians that's it's not the same level of violence but 
it's still smashing an egg on someone's head isn't the nicest thing to do. And if that's how we're going to reciprocate against people, that's not asking for a nation of peace, is it? I do get your point. But like you said, egging someone is very different to a massacre. And the reaction from Anning's people when the kid egged him, that's more of the violence, I think, is the issue. Like, I understand when you're talking about, like, we should achieve peace, um, but I think we're a long way from that with all the bad things out there that the news tells us about. Uh, Yeah, I understand your point, but egging is so different. It is so different, but it kind of stems from the same thing, though. They're both people that have completely different opinions and one's acting out on it. Yeah, but one opinion is so much worse than the other, right? But that's also your opinion. Well, I feel like white supremacists is, you know, I'm not in support of that. (laughs) No, neither am I. I'm not nearly saying that. But there's still a solid amount of people that do support that. And I don't think it's our right to criticize them or judge them or egg them because that's what they believe yes freedom of speech i know you're very big on freedom of speech but i think some speech should be repressed (laughs) which is beside the point of freedom of speech i know but when it puts people in danger i think that's where the issue is because this is a person who has made it into parliament and he represents he's one of our most senior politicians isn't he yeah i think so again not clear on the politics but the fact that he represents so many people who have those beliefs that voted in to one nation to begin with is the concerning part yeah so shouldn't it be more of a process of educating and talking it out rather than egging each other look i feel like Yes. In an ideal world. In an ideal, yeah. In an ideal world, that would have been nice. But he's made progress by egging him in, like, way more than educating and taking our time and implementing processes. Like, I think the scariest part is that so many people believe that story that they're selling. And so when so many people believe that, how are you meant to educate such a large community? It's terrible. Do you have a fear, like eventually when you have children, do you have concerns about how they'll be treated? No, because I hope that by that stage the world's a little different. But also I hope to bring them up in a way that they understand the differences with people and still love people the same so that their worldview is still that peace and loving and that people will believe different things and are from different countries and have different backgrounds and they're all just people. Do you worry about your kids growing up in a place that will still have racial bias? Yes. My biggest concern is if I marry an Asian then yes, obviously, racial bias. If I marry someone who is not Asian, my other concern is then identity. Mm. Like where, like they probably will have an Asian upbringing in some sort. They'll like eat rice and stuff. (laughs) 
be a sick ass driver though like <laughs> you've seen me parallel park i'm amazing <laughs> defying all the stereotypes <laughs> i don't play tennis though that's a stereotype that people have given me but you know having kids is a long way off so it's all all g i think i gotta think i gotta find a date man dude first date man dude <laughs> Okay, enough about media and the negativity and freedom of speech. Let's talk about something a little more fun. Like? Social media. What's good to post on social media? Uh, So for one, relevancy is always a good one. Um, It amused me on Friday afternoon. Sorry to jump back into the... Christchurch thing um, but it amused me on Friday afternoon because you could tell which brands had scheduled all their content and then gone home for the weekend because the news came out at about 3pm and there was people coming out with like selling stuff at 4 and I'm like it's not the appropriate time to try to be selling stuff <laughs> get out of there if you if your social media manager is doing that you need to find a new one <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the meme where it's like the the best time to delete this tweet was straight after. And then the second best time is right now. Yeah. Like, delete it. Don't have all your automated things. <laughs> Damn, dude. It's just, Whenever there's a tragedy, whenever something big happens around the world, even if it's not a tragedy, even if it's, like, good or anything like that, like, social media should always be relevant. You, I'm all for going on holidays and, like, scheduling stuff in advance but i would do it with caution but in that instance you would probably you just log on and you would just stop those a hundred percent i turned off our scheduled stuff for my clients for the weekend just to kind of show respect and then alter it as well if you feel like it's necessary put out um a an apology or a show your condolences um do what's appropriate. If your company doesn't have anything to do with it and you think that it's better to stay quiet, then stay quiet. <laughs> Mardi Gras. Brands who don't even – like they're not about – Oh, yeah, that's such a big thing. Yeah. I saw-, I saw so many and I'm like, you're not really associated with that community. Then why are you having a deal about this? It just seems really ingenuine. Yeah. And then that's worse for your brand, isn't it? hundred percent. Being genuine is the most important thing. Um, and exactly, if it doesn't align with your brand, then don't do it. Like, it's literally as simple as that. And, like, yes, trend jumping on trends and stuff like that is often beneficial for your brand, but not always. Be smart. What else about social media? Like, what are your top three tips with social media? Um, so be genuine, obviously, number one. Uh, number two, show your face. So I can guarantee 100% that if you look through your top three Instagram posts, at least one of them will feature your face. People want that human connection. That's why they're on social media. They want to be social. And so as soon as you show your face and talk about who you are, so if you're stuck with captions as well, just talk about you and that will always go well. So if you're stuck with captions as well, just talk about you and be like, here's five things that you didn't know about me. That will always go well. Yeah, no, don't go through my Instagram <laughs> captions. They're pretty shit. <laughs> like my last one, I think I've like 
it was just what actually happened. I saw a pretty tree and I slowed down and forced my brother to roll down the window to take a photo of this pink tree. But that's so good. Sometimes <laughs> the stories are the best part. <laughs> he, was, he did a really good job. It was a very nice photo. I'm well really done, proud Brendan. of him. 10 out of 10, Brennan. Would <laughs> recommend. <laughs> if you need a photographer. <laughs> yeah. He can only take iPhone shots. <laughs> Out of the window of a moving car. <laughs> yeah, very slowly moving. <laughs> he can probably be stationary. I mean, you know, he's he's a master of all trades. Yes, he really is. Those engineers. <laughs> <laughs> if there are a brand where, like, you don't need to show the founder's face, but you just need to show a face. Yeah, customer faces are always good. Yeah. Because then customers get really excited. They're like, look, it's my face. And then they share it to their networks. Mm. That's like my hairdresser. My hairdresser will take photos of everyone's hair before and after. That's how I found her and I became obsessed with her because I love before and afters. Mm. And then when I got on her before and after, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, it's the back of my head. There we go. So you um, draw on emotions is always good. Mm. Always good. So, yeah, make, make your customers excited by posting them. Um. Show your face, be genuine, and take good quality shots. So, um, just say Brendan took the photo and the car was still slightly moving and it was blurry. Don't post that. Like it seems straightforward, but people still do it. <laughs> hey, isn't that just obvious? No, people do it all the time, and like brands do it all the time. Is that the aesthetic <laughs> blurry photos just blurry photos <laughs> like iphone 2 photos iphone 2 a nokia a nokia took this <laughs> i don't even know if they have cameras they just have snake that's all that matters it's just a picture of a snake <laughs> I was going to say, can you try and drink your tea without making sounds in the micro, in the microphone? Micro- microwave? The microwave. <laughs> I don't think I can. I think it gulps Because you did long. like a really epic like. Yeah, because have you heard the way I drink? Liz is like, you drink so loud. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, yeah I told you. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know how to not do it. <laughs> Help me fix my drinking problem. (laughs) (laughs) And on that awkward note, we're just going to play some music and let you guys go. See you next week for next week's podcast. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. And rate us if you're on iTunes. Bye. 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 Bye.